everyone. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I am joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, our Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. Hello, Bonnie. It's very nice to be with you today. Well, it's great to be here with you today for another great podcast. Now, we know there's no doubt in today's world, there are many people who um, kind of feel stuck in difficult circumstances and can use a hand. What if there were an organization that broke the cycle of poverty, that empowered mothers in crisis, that provided mentorship, job skills, and life skills, and also bring healing to a woman's life. Well, today we're going to talk to the executive director of one such organization in the Philadelphia area. Jill Page will be here to talk about every good gift and the truly transformative work that they are doing. In addition, Maria will talk about the dangers of unlimited access to abortion pills. But first, we'll start with some pro-life inspiration. And this week's comes from an article that caught my eye on Life News. It's written by Faith Dalton, and it's her own story of dealing with an unintended pregnancy. Written from the heart, it really shows the power of love and faith to transform a perceived crisis into an incredible blessing. The title of the article is, My fiance told me to abort my baby. I refused and now have an amazing husband and son. And again, this is by Faith Dalton in her words. This is going to ruin your life. You have to drop out of college. This is a mistake. Abort the baby. These words uttered by people whom I trusted and loved most in this world struck me like a knife. When I learned I was pregnant, I was 21 years old and still in school. I was engaged to be married. And while those two pink lines came as a complete shock, I wanted to be a mother. My feelings were overlooked by those close to me. Rather than offering support, my family and friends responded with criticism and doubt. It was Thanksgiving day and my fiance at the time told me to abort the baby and that we could try again after we got married. When I insisted on keeping my child, he abandoned me. Scared alone and with no support, I stumbled upon the Pregnancy Resource Center of Rolla, Missouri. I sought out a free ultrasound, which is one of the many services it provided. While there, I met Jane Dalton, who served as the center's client services director. I told her my situation, and in turn, she asked me what I wanted. I wanted to be a mother, and a good one at that but I also wanted to finish school and become financially self-sufficient. Jane told me that I could do all those things and that the PRC would be there to help. I soon moved into the maternity home connected to the PRC and was immediately surrounded by love and support from complete strangers, rather than the fear of family and friends that my life would hold less value as a mother. I had weekly meetings with certified professional life coaches who walked me through every step of my pregnancy, focusing on my emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. I gave birth to my beautiful son, Noah, and wondered in awe at the remarkable life I had created. Jane knew that along with my goal of becoming a mother, I wanted to finish my education. 
While PRC helped to look after my new baby, I completed my studies and began my career as a cosmetologist, eventually starting my own business. As I grew closer to the Daltons, I noticed that Jane and the rest of her family who were practicing Catholics loved and forgave in a way I never knew possible. While I was raised in a Christian household, I was intrigued by their authenticity and trust in God, which I had never seen before. I began attending Sunday Mass with the Daltons and was soon confirmed in the Catholic Church while Noah was baptized. During this time, I grew closer to God, as well as the Daltons, especially their son, Gabe. Then one day in Mass, Noah began to fuss, and Gabe graciously offered to bring him to the back of the church. Upon the conclusion of Mass, I turned to find Noah kneeling alongside Gabe, both sets of hands folded and eyes closed in prayer. I had never seen my son kneel so silently before, and I felt that through this miracle, God was showing me my new path. The PRC gave me shelter and support, but I fully believe that God gave me the Daltons. Gabe and I were soon married, and my son is being raised in a home that every mother dreams of for her child, one full of love. Now, four years later, I serve as a certified professional life coach for the PRC of Rolla. Within the same walls where I was once provided shelter and unconditional love and support, I work to show other mothers that pregnancy is not the end of all possibilities, but rather the beginning of a new phase of life, one in which you can achieve more than you ever thought possible. My story isn't unique. Tens of thousands of women in situations similar to mine receive the support they need from pregnancy resource centers across the country. The work they do is vital and the demand for it will only continue to grow in light of the Supreme Court's recent decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. So this holiday season, I encourage you to consider how you might support your local pregnancy resource center. And remember that in doing so, you are helping women just like me change the trajectories of their lives. And again, that beautiful article comes from Faith Dalton. Maria. Bonnie, thank you so much for that inspirational story. Now, the following is from a national Right to Life news release. Increasingly, pro-abortion groups and their allies are taking aim at making abortion drugs, including mifepristone and misoprostol, readily available to women through mail order and third-party websites. In doing so, they are creating opportunities for unscrupulous persons to force abortions on women. Anyone with a credit card and a mailing address can order abortion-inducing drugs, stated Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. This can put a woman and her unborn child at the mercy of someone who doesn't want the woman to carry her baby to term. Multiple news accounts have reported numerous women have been the victims of schemes to cause abortions. In these accounts, women have had abortion-inducing drugs slipped into food or drink that have caused the loss of their unborn child. A March 2022 poll commissioned by the BBC in the UK found that 5% of women ages 18 to 24 and 4% of women ages 25 to 34 were given something tablets or a substance to cause an abortion without their consent. These drugs have well-known documented dangers. When the Food and Drug Administration approved the abortion drug mifepristone as an abortion method, restrictions were put in place because women face potentially life-threatening complications that have been associated with the use of the drug. An FDA record of nearly two dozen deaths 
and thousands of complications, including adverse events, such as serious infections, severe hemorrhage, and the rupture of previously undiscovered ectopic pregnancies has proved that the restrictions are necessary to protect women. Readily available abortion drugs place women at risk, not only from a dangerous abortion method that they themselves may use, but also from those who would seek to harm them and their unborn baby by forcing an abortion using the same drugs. Despite these dangers, abortion advocates and their allies are pushing to make abortion-inducing drugs as common as aspirin and as profitable. Bonnie. Thank you so much, Maria. Well, I am honored to introduce today's guest. Jill Page holds bachelor's and master's degrees and has worked with nonprofit organizations since 1991. As director of education at Urban Family Council, Jill wrote curriculum, trained and supervised a team of educators, and taught programs in public and private schools, churches, and community agencies for children in pre-K through high school. The work was primarily in Philadelphia public schools and included a small group program for teen mothers. At Bethany Christian Services, Jill recruited and supported volunteers who provided housing for the children of families in crisis. She also developed and implemented a long-term program for pregnant and parenting young women. Jill volunteered on the hotline and served on the board of an urban pregnancy resource center. These experiences have demonstrated the value of mentoring in a small group setting, shown the challenges that young mothers face, even with government assistance, and inspired the desire to start every good gift. Jill serves as its executive director. Jill has one child, her daughter, Shanita, who was adopted at age 15. Shanita is married and has three children. Welcome, Jill, to Positively Pro-Life. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Jill, let's start off by talking about the fundamental mission that your organization has. What, what is the mission of Every Good Gift? Our mission is um, kind of in three parts, so I'll, I'll read it to you. Our mission is to share the love of Christ with vulnerable women and nurture healthy job, life, and relationship skills while creating quality products for customers. So three things going on simultaneously. We want to share the love of Christ with women. We want to create good products and we want to help the women gain important life skills. That is so very important. How did every good gift get started? So um, the idea actually came as I was talking with a student intern and I said, you know, if money was no object, what would you do to help uh, the young mothers that we serve. And she said, well, they need a job if they're going to be able to meet their goals. And that was so true. So I looked at what are the things that I had seen work over the years. Small group programs had been very effective with teen and young adult mothers. Um, mentoring was very effective. And I saw so many women I had worked with who had little to no support system. So this was started to try and put several things together. Um, the idea of job training with every good gift comes from an understanding of generational poverty. So the, the people at Bridges Out of Poverty say you can divide people into three groups, middle class, wealth, and poverty. Uh, generational poverty means two or more generations dealing with poverty. 
And each of those groups has a different set of hidden rules and values, which I thought everybody grew up learning the same things I did. But when I took their quizzes, could you survive in middle class? Could you survive in wealth and poverty? Um, I utterly failed the wealth quiz. I utterly failed the poverty quiz. And I aced the middle class quiz because I had grown up in middle class. I watched my parents go to work every day. I watched them save money for the things that were important, like going on vacation or building a house. Um, and I realized that the, the young people that I have been working with in the schools and the young women that I was working with in crisis didn't have those same kind of experiences growing up. So the world of work and the world of school runs on those middle-class hidden rules and values. The women that we work with long to have a wonderful future for their children. They love their children. They want what's best for them. And in order to do that, they're going to need to finish their education and they're going to need to be able to have a good job. So we are focused on basic soft skills so that they can learn how to, make, uh, how to obtain and keep a job. If you do some of the things that are okay in poverty, like uh, not go to work because there's a problem with somebody in your family, you're not going to keep your job and you'll never meet your goals. So we want to help women learn some really basic soft skills. So are those soft skills that you provide lacking in terms of um, training elsewhere in the greater Philadelphia area or, or what makes every good gift so unique? So several things make it unique. <clears throat> One is that understanding of generational poverty, that the women have learned a different set of skills. They have strengths that I don't have, but they need some additional skills to be able to make it in the job market. Um, there are lots of services to help women in unplanned pregnancies. We do have pregnancy resource centers. We have some wonderful housing ministries, and they're doing really good work. But teaching those basic soft skills is not part of their mission. So we're specifically focusing in on that. And in order to do that, we needed to remove some barriers for the women. Uh, the, the main biggest barrier that they face is they have a baby. And how do they go to work when they have a baby? They don't work enough hours to qualify for childcare. Uh, they don't have a support system with someone who can do it for them. So we provide childcare. The women can bring their baby with them. I find that some women are very anxious about putting their children, even in our childcare, which is across the hall or in the same room as us. And, and my theory is that if you have been mistreated in life, you're going to make very certain that you don't allow your child to be mistreated. For some women, one of the things they need to learn first is other people can safely care for my child. My child will be okay. You know, yes, initially they're going to cry when I take them to the nursery, but they're going to calm down. They're going to be okay. And I can work. And then they can work into later a job where they work enough hours to get subsidized childcare. There are what other. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I say what an incredible blessing because childcare itself is such a huge piece of the puzzle. So I, I think that's incredible that you offer that. How do women find every good gift? And is there an application and screening process that you use? The application process is very simple. Uh, the women call me and I ask them if they are pregnant or parenting a child age two or under, um, and if they are legal to work in this country and interested in working with us, they can come. They don't have to do any tests or um, have a certain education. That's part of removing those barriers also, is that you don't need a 
even a high school diploma to work with us. Um, <clears throat> the way that they hear about us, they hear through other agencies serving pregnant women. So the housing ministries and the pregnancy resource centers will tell them about us. Uh, we've been able to put flyers at some even um, government agencies like the WIC office and the county assistance office. There's a, a group, uh, a Facebook group called Philly Moms Helping Philly Moms. We've posted our, our job flyers on there. And then once some people see that, they, they'll take a picture, they'll send it to somebody. And, and so sometimes the call is, my aunt saw something at work. Uh, can I have a job? So it's interesting how people learn about us. And then my favorite way is when a woman who currently or formerly works with us refers a friend or someone that she meets. That's a great way for women to learn about every good gift and get in touch. What types of skills do the mothers learn at Every Good Gift? So they're learning the basic soft skills of being dependable, um, staying in communication, being punctual on time, paying attention to detail. We make sure that all of our products are really well made. As we teach the women to sew, uh, they might sew a line that's all crooked and we'll say, good try, you know, let's take that out and make it so it's straight. We'll show them how to do that. Uh, we want them to take pride in the work that they're doing so that our customers are getting a quality product. Uh, but that's not all the skills that they learn. Uh, we have something called phase two. If a woman passes our probationary period, which is 90 days, she's eligible for further training where one day a week she can be trained in Google's applied digital skills. So working on a computer and learning typing and some of the Google applications those are some concrete skills that she can put on her job applications, but that's still not all that she's learning. One of the most important things is that we're teaching women how to cling to the Lord in the midst of the hardships that they face in their lives. Each day we ask the women for prayer requests and there are hard things going on, but together we pray. Uh, the women are learning how to pray they're learning about God's promises and how to speak God's promises back to him, how to have hope in the midst of things that look difficult, how to praise him when we see answered prayer. I think those are important things for life. Absolutely. How is every good gift funded? So we have three main funding sources. About half of our funding comes from individuals who will, um, make a, a monthly or quarterly or annual gift to us. And then there are churches that support us monthly or annually. And then the third source is foundations. So we apply for grants and are fortunate to receive some grant funds. Our product sales are actually a very small percentage, percentage of our revenue, um, <clears throat> but our products are available on our website and also at craft fairs. We will have a display at a craft fair um, and make our products available. And I saw your products on the website and they are so lovely. You really are. Very exciting. Good. That's great. Yeah, I like the mommy and me gift basket and the cute little onesies. I, there's so many yes. great things here. I hope everybody will go, go to that uh, website because there's some nice Christmas gifts. Definitely. And, you know, it's, uh, it's affirming to the women when people buy the things that they have labored to do well. Um, we had we had one day when um, two people visited Every Good Gift and the women were working on tote bags 
we had a couple that were done and the one man said he wanted to buy a tote bag for his wife and he picked one of the ones that was finished and then the women were teasing each other about whose tote bag had been selected uh, it's just they have a lot of a lot of fun with that do you have any favorite success stories you would like to share yes i sure do um, one of our women was just a delightful woman who worked with us. Um, I made up an award for her. I gave her the Congeniality Award because she was just sweet and helpful. Um, she worked with us, went into an education program, completed that, and then came back briefly while she looked for a job. And she has been working ever since then. It's been a few years. And then she started her own side business. She started a party planning business and she showed me pictures of the things that she's making and she's just doing a great job. So I have been encouraging her to make it official and to register her business. So we have, we have workshops usually every week on different topics, life skills, job skills, and so forth. And we were having a workshop on entrepreneurship. So I invited her to come back and join us for the workshop. She came and the workshop speaker on entrepreneurship did not come to, to do the workshop. And so she said, well, do you want me to do it? I said, sure. And she proceeded to talk about what it has taken to make her business work and how the things that she learned at Every Good Gift, even though sometimes it was difficult to hear, you have to do that over again, or that's crooked or whatever little things. It was difficult to hear at the time, but she said, my customers expect that. They want things to look just right. So that was really um, an exciting thing to see how she has made that work and to hear her goals for the future with her business. About how long is a woman with you through your program? How long does that take? Right. So we say that it's a one-year program. And if somebody wanted to stay longer than one year, they can apply for an extension. Not everybody stays one year. Some people come a short time and then due to circumstances in their life, they move on. Some people come uh, and stay for a few months and then they're able to find full-time employment. So they move on. My belief is that if a woman stays with us for a few months, she gets many of the benefits. She's met the mentors. She had some time with us. She's participated in the Bible studies and learned some skills and she may be ready to move on. Other women. Um, it takes more time for them to develop the basic skills. Uh, for instance, the women need to text me each morning between 7.30 and 8 to confirm that they're coming to work. And it seems like a maybe an unnecessary thing, but we find that babies are sick, moms get sick, people forget about appointments. And so if we don't have that confirmation, we won't be fully staffed. If I don't hear from someone by 8 o'clock, then I'm calling a substitute to come in and work for her. Well, some people, it takes a very long time to learn to plan ahead and let me know when she has an appointment, uh, to remember to, to text early each morning. Um, but those, I think those are important skills, and it's great to see the women improving as they learn those. So you now have two locations, correct? Yes. So we decided that rather than growing large at our initial location, um, we didn't want to become impersonal. We think the women say it feels like a family. They get to know everybody. Everybody knows them. We wanted to keep that. And so we looked at two things that have been difficult. One was the commute. So we work at a place where the bus stops right in front of us. 
but it may take a woman three buses or two buses to get there. So it's not an easy commute when you're bringing maybe a baby in a stroller or a toddler who's trying to run away or something. So the commute is one issue. And then the other thing was the women love our Bible studies. I've been pleasantly surprised by that, how eager they are to learn and participate. But they were not generally going to church on their own on a Sunday morning. And I think a long-term strategy to have a support system, both spiritual and in every other way, is that you need to be part of a local church. We decided to start satellite locations housed in a church so that it would be closer to where women live and women could get to know the church, the pastor, some people from the church who could volunteer with us, and then hopefully it would be a more natural fit and they'd be more comfortable coming on a Sunday morning. So about, let's imagine about five years down the road, what do you hope every good gift looks like? So in five years down the road, I would hope that we have more locations, um, at least two more, because there's so much need in the city. And, um, you know, our, our satellite is in Kensington, and we found so many women in the Kensington area that are in need and that want to work with us. But it, Kensington is not unique. Uh, if we went to South Philadelphia or uh, West Philadelphia or other areas in the in the suburbs surrounding Philadelphia, there would still be need. So we would like to keep opening satellite locations and serving more women. In about a minute that we have left, um, I guess, what are your dreams for the women who come to you? Yes. So one of the most difficult issues for the women is housing. And so my dream would be that the women do well with us go on to full-time jobs that pay them good wages and that they're able to get housing in a safe neighborhood um, and be part of a local church, thriving spiritually, socially, and as a mom for their children. This is just such a phenomenal program. And I, I thank you so much for spearheading it and for helping these women um, during these challenging circumstances to find a place where they can thrive and uh, develop the skills that they need um, to uh, be successes uh, in both their personal and their professional lives. So thank you again, Jill Page. Thank you, it was my pleasure to be here and my privilege to work with the women. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single issue organization in the Keystone State with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals, the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. To learn more about the inspiring work of the Federation, please visit our website at www.paprolife.org. You can also find us on all major social media. Just look for PA Pro Life. My thanks to my wonderful co-host, Bonnie Finnerty, and for you, the listeners who inspire us each week. Thank you for joining us for the program today. It wouldn't be the same without you. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.